letter two part one of letters on demonology and witchcraft by sir walter scott this librivox recording is in the public domain read by dion gines salt lake city utah letter two what degree of communication might have existed between the human race and the inhabitants of the other world had our first parents kept the commands of the creator can only be subject of unavailing speculation we do not perhaps presume too much when we suppose with milton that one necessary consequence of eating the fruit of that forbidden tree was removing to a wider distance from celestial essences the beings who although originally but a little lower than the angels had by their own crime forfeited the gift of immortality and degraded themselves into an inferior rank of creation some communication between the spiritual world by the union of those termed in scripture sons of god and the daughters of adam still continued after the fall though their inter-alliance was not approved of by the ruler of mankind we are given to understand darkly indeed but with as much certainty as we can be entitled to require that the mixture between the two species of created beings was sinful on the part of both and displeasing to the almighty it is probable also that the extreme longevity of the antediluvian mortals prevented their feeling sufficiently that they had brought themselves under the banner of Azrael, the angel of death and removed to too great a distance the period between their crime and its punishment the date of the avenging flood gave birth to a race whose life was gradually shortened and who being admitted to slighter and rarer intimacy with beings who possessed a higher rank in creation assumed as of course a lower position in the scale accordingly after this period we hear no more of those unnatural alliances which preceded the flood and are given to understand that mankind dispersing into different parts of the world separated from each other and began in various places and under separate auspices to pursue the work of replenishing the world which had been imposed upon them as an end of their creation in the meantime while the deity was pleased to continue his manifestations to those who were destined to be the fathers of his elect people we are made to understand that wicked men it may be by the assistance of fallen angels were enabled to assert rank with and attempt to match the prophets of the god of israel the matter must remain uncertain whether it was by sorcery or ledger domain that the wizards of pharaoh king of egypt contended with moses in the face of the prince and people changed their rods into serpents and imitated several of the plagues denounced against the devoted kingdom those powers of the magi however whether obtained by supernatural communications or arising from knowledge of ledger domain and its kindred accomplishments were openly exhibited and who can doubt that though we may be left in some darkness both respecting the extent of their skill and the source from which it was drawn we are told all which it can be important for us to know we arrive here at the period when the almighty chose to take upon himself directly to legislate for his chosen people without having obtained any accurate knowledge whether the crime of witchcraft or the intercourse between the spiritual world and embodied beings for evil purposes either existed after the flood or was visited 
with any open marks of divine displeasure but in the law of moses dictated by the divinity himself was announced a text which as interpreted literally having been inserted into the criminal code of all christian nations has occasioned much cruelty and bloodshed either from its tenor being misunderstood or that being exclusively calculated for the israelites it made part of the judicial mosaic dispensation and was abrogated like the greater part of that law by the more benign and clement dispensation of the gospel the text alluded to is that verse of the twenty-second chapter of exodus bearing man shall not suffer a witch to live many learned men have affirmed that in this remarkable passage the hebrew word chazpa means nothing more than poisoner although the word venificus by which it is rendered in the latin version of the septuagint other learned men contend that it hath the meaning of a witch also and may be understood as denoting a person who pretended to hurt his or her neighbours in life limb or goods either by noxious potions by charms or similar mystical means in this particular the witches of scripture had probably some resemblance to those of ancient europe who although their skill and power might be safely despised as long as they confined themselves to their charms and spells were very apt to eke out their capacity of mischief by the use of actual poison so that the epithet of sorceress and poisoner were almost synonymous this was known to have been the case in many of those darker iniquities which bear as their characteristic something connected with hidden and prohibited arts such was the statement in the indictment of those concerned in the famous murder of sir thomas overbury when the arts of foremen and other sorcerers having been found insufficient to touch the victim's life practice by poison was at length successfully resorted to and numerous similar instances might be quoted but supposing that the hebrew witch proceeded only by charms invocations or such means as might be innoxious save for the assistance of demons or familiars the connection between the conjurer and the demon must have been of a very different character under the law of moses from that which was conceived in latter days to constitute witchcraft there was no contract of subjection to a diabolical power no infernal stamp or sign of such a fatal league no revelings of satan and his hags and no infliction of disease or misfortune upon good men at least there is not a word in scripture authorizing us to believe that such a system existed on the contrary we are told how far literally how far metaphorically it is not for us to determine that when the enemy of mankind desired to probe the virtue of job to the bottom he applied for permission to the supreme governor of the world who granted him liberty to try his faithful servant with a storm of disasters for the more brilliant exhibition of the faith which he reposed in his maker in all this had the scene occurred after the manner of the like events in latter days witchcraft sorceries and charms would have been introduced and the devil instead of his own permitted agency would have employed his servant the witch as the necessary instrument of the man of ooze's afflictions in like manner satan desired to have peter that he might sift him like wheat but neither is there here the agency of any sorcerer or witch luke twenty two thirty one supposing the powers of the witch 
to be limited in the time of moses to enquiries at some pretended deity or real evil spirit concerning future events in what respect may it be said did such a crime deserve the severe punishment of death to answer this question we must reflect that the object of the mosaic dispensation being to preserve the knowledge of the true deity within the breasts of a selected and separated people the god of jacob necessarily showed himself a jealous god to all who straying from the path of direct worship of jehovah had recourse to other deities whether idols or evil spirits the gods of the neighboring heathen the swerving from their allegiance to the true divinity to the extent of praying to senseless stocks and stones which could return them no answer was by the jewish law an act of rebellion to their own lord god and as such most fit to be punished capitally thus the prophets of baal were deservedly put to death not on account of any success which they might obtain by their intercessions and invocations which though enhanced with all their vehemence to the extent of cutting and wounding themselves proved so utterly unavailing as to incur the ridicule of the prophet but because they were guilty of apostasy from the real deity while they worshipped and encouraged others to worship the false divinity baal the hebrew witch therefore or she who communicated or attempted to communicate with an evil spirit was justly punished with death though her communication with the spiritual world might either not exist at all or be of a nature much less intimate than has been ascribed to the witches of latter days nor does the existence of this law against the witches of the old testament sanction in any respect the severity of similar enactments subsequent to the christian revelation against a different class of persons accused of a very different species of crime in another passage the practices of those persons termed witches in the holy scriptures are again alluded to and again it is made manifest that the sorcery or witchcraft of the old testament resolves itself into a trafficking with idols and asking counsel of false deities in other words into idolatry which notwithstanding repeated prohibitions examples and judgments was still the prevailing crime of the israelites the passage alluded to is in deuteronomy eighteen ten two there shall not be found among you any one that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire or that useth divination or an observer of times or an enchanter or a witch or a charmer or a consulter with familiar spirits or a wizard or a necromancer similar denunciations occur in the nineteenth and twentieth chapters of leviticus in like manner it is a charge against manassas two chronicles thirty eight that he caused his children to pass through the fire observed times used enchantments and witchcraft and dealt with familiar spirits and with wizards these passages seem to concur with the former in classing witchcraft among other desertions of the prophets of the deity in order to obtain responses by the superstitious practices of the pagan nations around them to understand the texts otherwise seems to confound the modern system of witchcraft with all its unnatural and improbable outrages on common sense with the crime of the person who in classical days consulted the oracle of apollo a capital offence in a jew but surely a venial sin 
in an ignorant and deluded pagan to illustrate the nature of the hebrew witch and her prohibited criminal traffic those who have written on this subject have naturally dwelt upon the interview between saul and the witch of endor the only detailed and particular account of such a transaction which is to be found in the bible a fact by the way which proves that the crime of witchcraft capitally punished as it was when discovered was not frequent among the chosen people who enjoyed such peculiar manifestations of the almighty's presence the scriptures seem only to have conveyed to us the general fact being what is chiefly edifying of the interview between the witch and the king of israel they inform us that saul disheartened and discouraged by the general defection of his subjects and the consciousness of his own unworthy and ungrateful disobedience despairing of obtaining an answer from the offended deity who had previously communicated with him through his prophets at length resolved in his desperation to go to a divining woman by which course he involved himself in the crime of the person whom he thus consulted against whom the law denounced death a sentence which had been often executed by saul himself on similar offenders scripture proceeds to give us the general information that the king directed the witch to call up the spirit of samuel and that the female exclaimed that gods had arisen out of the earth that saul more particularly requiring a description of the apparition whom consequently he did not himself see she described it as the figure of an old man with a mantle in this figure the king acknowledges the resemblance of samuel and sinking on his face hears from the apparition speaking in the character of the prophet the melancholy prediction of his own defeat and death in this description though all is told which is necessary to convey to us an awful moral lesson yet we are left ignorant of the minutiae attending the apparition which perhaps we ought to accept as a sure sign that there was no utility in our being made acquainted with them it is impossible for instance to know with certainty whether saul was present when the woman used her conjuration or whether he himself personally ever saw the appearance which the pythoness described to him it is left still more doubtful whether anything supernatural was actually evoked or whether the pythoness and her assistant meant to practise a mere deception taking their chance to prophesy the defeat and death of the broken-spirited king as an event which the circumstances in which he was placed rendered highly probable since he was surrounded by a superior army of philistines and his character as a soldier rendered it likely that he would not survive a defeat which must involve the loss of his kingdom on the other hand admitting that the apparition had really a supernatural character it remains equally uncertain what was its nature or by what power it was compelled to an appearance unpleasing as it intimated since the supposed spirit of samuel asks wherefore he was disquieted in the grave was the power of the witch over the invisible world so great that like the erichtho of the heathen poet she could disturb the sleep of the just and especially that of a prophet so important as samuel and are we to suppose that he upon whom the spirit of the lord was wont to descend even while he was clothed with frail mortality should be subject to be disquieted in his grave at the voice of a vile witch and the command of an apostate prince 
did the true deity refuse saul the response of his prophets and could a witch compel the actual spirit of samuel to make answer notwithstanding embarrassed by such difficulties another course of explanation has been resorted to which freed from some of the objections which attend the two extreme suppositions is yet liable to others it has been supposed that something took place upon this remarkable occasion similar to that which disturbed the preconcerted purpose of the prophet Balaam and compelled him to exchange his premeditated curses for blessings according to this hypothesis the divining woman of endor was preparing to practise upon saul those tricks of ledger domain or jugglery by which she imposed upon meaner clients who resorted to her oracle or we may conceive that in those days when the laws of nature were frequently suspended by manifestations of the divine power some degree of juggling might be permitted between mortals and the spirits of lesser note in which case we must suppose that the woman really expected or hoped to call up some supernatural appearance but in either case this second solution of the story supposes that the will of the almighty substituted on that memorable occasion for the phantasmagoria intended by the witch the spirit of samuel in his earthly resemblance or if the reader may think this more likely some good being the messenger of the divine pleasure in the likeness of the departed prophet and to the surprise of the pythoness herself exchanged the juggling farce of sheer deceit or petty sorcery which she had intended to produce for a deep tragedy capable of appalling the heart of the hardened tyrant and furnishing an awful lesson to future times this exposition has the advantage of explaining the surprise expressed by the witch at the unexpected consequences of her own invocation while it removes the objection of supposing the spirit of samuel subject to her influence it does not apply so well to the complaint of samuel that he was disquieted since neither the prophet nor any good angel wearing his likeness could be supposed to complain of an apparition which took place in obedience to the direct command of the deity if however the phrase is understood not as a murmuring against the pleasure of providence but as a reproach to the prophet's former friend saul that his sins and discontents which were the ultimate cause of samuel's appearance had withdrawn the prophet for a space from the enjoyment and repose of heaven to review this miserable spot of mortality guilt grief and misfortune the words may according to that interpretation wear no stronger sense of complaint than might become the spirit of a just man made perfect or any benevolent angel by whom he might be represented it may be observed that in ecclesiasticus forty six nineteen twenty the opinion of samuel's actual appearance is adopted since it is said of this man of god that after death he prophesied and showed the king his latter end leaving the further discussion of this dark and difficult question to those whose studies have qualified them to give judgment on so obscure a subject it so far appears that the witch of endor was not a being such as those believed in by our ancestors who could transform themselves and others into the appearance of the lower animals raise and allay tempests frequent the company 
enjoined the revels of evil spirits and by their counsel and assistance destroy human lives and waste the fruits of the earth or perform feats of such magnitude as to alter the face of nature the witch of endor was a mere fortune-teller to whom in despair of all aid or answer from the almighty the unfortunate king of israel had recourse in his despair and by whom in some way or other he obtained the awful certainty of his own defeat and death she was liable indeed deservedly to the punishment of death for intruding herself upon the task of the real prophets by whom the will of god was at that time regularly made known but her existence and her crimes can go no length to prove the possibility that another class of witches no otherwise resembling her than as called by the same name either existed at a more recent period or were liable to the same capital punishment for a very different and much more doubtful class of offences which however odious are nevertheless to be proved possible before they can be received as a criminal charge whatever may be thought of other occasional expressions in the old testament it cannot be said that in any part of that sacred volume a text occurs indicating the existence of a system of witchcraft under the jewish dispensation in any respect similar to that against which the law-books of so many european nations have till very lately denounced punishment far less under the christian dispensation a system under which the emancipation of the human race from the levitical law was happily and miraculously perfected this latter crime is supposed to infer a compact implying reverence and adoration on the part of the witch who comes under the fatal bond and patronage support and assistance on the part of the diabolical patron indeed in the four gospels the word under any sense does not occur although had the possibility of so enormous a sin been admitted it was not likely to escape the warning censure of the divine person who came to take away the sins of the world st paul indeed mentions the sin of witchcraft in a cursory manner as superior in guilt to that of ingratitude and in the offences of the flesh it is ranked immediately after idolatry which juxtaposition inclines us to believe that the witchcraft mentioned by the apostle must have been analogous to that of the old testament and equivalent to resorting to the assistance of soothsayers or similar forbidden arts to acquire knowledge of toturity sorcerers are also joined with other criminals in the book of revelations as excluded from the city of god and with these occasional notices which indicate that there was a transgression so called but leave us ignorant of its exact nature the writers upon witchcraft attempt to wring out of the new testament proofs of a crime in itself so disgustingly improbable neither do the exploits of elymas called the sorcerer or simon called magus or the magician entitle them to rank above the class of impostors who assume a character to which they had no real title and put their own mystical and ridiculous pretensions to supernatural power in competition with those who had been conferred on purpose to diffuse the gospel and facilitate its reception by the exhibition of genuine miracles it is clear that from his presumptuous and profane proposal 
to acquire by purchase a portion of those powers which were directly derived from inspiration simon magus displayed a degree of profane and brutal ignorance inconsistent with his possessing even the intelligence of a skilful impostor and it is plain that a leagued vassal of hell should we pronounce him such would have better known his own rank and condition compared to that of the apostles than to have made a fruitless and unavailing proposal by which he could only expose his own impudence and ignorance with this observation we may conclude our brief remarks upon witchcraft as the word occurs in the scripture and it now only remains to mention the nature of the demonology which as gathered from the sacred volumes every christian believer is bound to receive as a thing declared and proved to be true and in the first place no man can read the bible or call himself a christian without believing that during the course of time comprehended by the divine writers the deity to confirm the faith of the jews and to overcome and confound the pride of the heathens wrought in the land many great miracles using either good spirits the instruments of his pleasure or fallen angels the permitted agents of such evil as it was his will should be inflicted upon or suffered by the children of men this proposition comprehends of course the acknowledgment of the truth of miracles during this early period by which the ordinary laws of nature were occasionally suspended and recognizes the existence in the spiritual world of the two grand divisions of angels and devils severally exercising their powers according to the commission or permission of the ruler of the universe secondly wise men have thought and argued that the idols of the heathen were actually fiends or rather that these enemies of mankind had power to assume the shape and appearance of those feeble deities and to give a certain degree of countenance to the faith of the worshippers by working seeming miracles and returning by their priests or their oracles responses which paltered in a double sense with the deluded persons who consulted them most of the fathers of the christian church have intimated such an opinion this doctrine has the advantage of affording to a certain extent a confirmation of many miracles related in pagan or classical history which are thus ascribed to the agency of evil spirits it corresponds also with the texts of scripture which declare that the gods of the heathen are all devils and evil spirits and the idols of egypt are classed as in isaiah chapter nineteen verse two with charmers those who have familiar spirits and with wizards but whatever license it may be supposed was permitted to the evil spirits of that period and although undoubtedly men owned the sway of deities who were in fact but personifications of certain evil passions of humanity as for example in their sacrifices to venus to bacchus to mars etc and therefore might be said in one sense to worship evil spirits we cannot in reason suppose that every one or the thousandth part of the innumerable idols worshipped among the heathen was endowed with supernatural power it is clear that the greater number fell under the description applied to them in another passage of scripture in which the part of the tree burned in the fire for domestic purposes is treated as of the same power and estimation as that 
carved into an image and preferred for gentile homage this striking passage in which the impotence of the senseless block and the brutish ignorance of the worshipper whose object of adoration is the work of his own hands occurs in the forty-fourth chapter of the prophecies of isaiah verse ten at sec the precise words of the text as well as common sense forbid us to believe that the images so constructed by common artisans became the habitation or resting-place of demons or possessed any manifestation of strength or power whether through demoniacal influence or otherwise the whole system of doubt delusion and trick exhibited by the oracles savours of the mean juggling of impostors rather than the audacious intervention of demons whatever degree of power the false gods of heathendom or devils in their name might be permitted occasionally to exert was unquestionably under the general restraint and limitation of providence and though on the one hand we cannot deny the possibility of such permission being granted in cases unknown to us it is certain on the other that the scriptures mention no one specific instance of such influence expressly recommended to our belief thirdly as the backsliders among the jews repeatedly fell off to the worship of the idols of the neighboring heathens so they also resorted to the use of charms and enchantments founded on a superstitious perversion of their own levitical ritual in which they endeavored by sortilege by teraphim by observation of augury or the flight of birds which they called nahas by the means of urim and thummim to find as it were a by-road to the secrets of futurity but for the same reason that withholds us from delivering any opinion upon the degree to which the devil and his angels might be allowed to countenance the imposition of the heathen priesthood it is impossible for us conclusively to pronounce what effect might be permitted by supreme providence to the ministry of such evil spirits as presided over and so far as they had liberty directed these sinful enquiries among the jews themselves we are indeed assured from the sacred writings that the promise of the deity to his chosen people if they conducted themselves agreeably to the law which he had given was that the communication with the invisible world would be enlarged so that in the fulness of his time he would pour out his spirit upon all flesh when their sons and daughters should prophesy their old men see visions and their young men dream dreams such were the promises delivered to the israelites by joel ezekiel and other holy seers of which st peter in the second chapter of the acts of the apostles hails the fulfilment in the mission of our saviour and on the other hand it is no less evident that the almighty to punish the disobedience of the jews abandoned them to their own fallacious desires and suffered them to be deceived by the lying oracles to which in flagrant violation of his commands they had recourse of this the punishment arising from the deity abandoning ahab to his own devices and suffering him to be deceived by a lying spirit forms a striking instance fourthly and on the other hand abstaining with reverence from accounting ourselves judges of the actions of omnipotence we may safely conclude that it was not his pleasure to employ in the execution of his judgments the consequences of any such species of league or compact 
between devils and deluded mortals as that denounced in the laws of our own ancestors under the name of witchcraft what had been translated by that word seems little more than the art of a medicator of poisons combined with that of a pythoness or false prophetess a crime however of a capital nature by the levitical law since in the first capacity it implied great enmity to mankind and in the second direct treason to the divine legislator the book of tobit contains indeed a passage resembling more an incident in an arabian tale or gothic romance than a part of inspired writing in this the fumes produced by broiling the liver of a certain fish are described as having power to drive away an evil genius who guards the nuptial chamber of an assyrian princess and who has strangled seven bridegrooms in succession as they approached the nuptial couch but the romantic and fabulous strain of this legend has induced the fathers of all protestant churches to deny it a place amongst the writings sanctioned by divine origin and we may therefore be excused from entering into discussion on such imperfect evidence lastly in considering the incalculable change which took place upon the advent of our saviour and the announcement of his law we may observe that according to many wise and learned men his mere appearance upon earth without awaiting the fulfilment of his mission operated as an act of banishment of such heathen deities as had hitherto been suffered to deliver oracles and ape in some degree the attributes of the deity milton has in the paradise lost it may be upon conviction of its truth embraced the theory which identifies the followers of satan with the gods of the heathen and in a tone of poetry almost unequalled even in his own splendid writings he thus describes in one of his earlier pieces the departure of these pretended deities on the eve of the blessed nativity the oracles are dumb no voice or hideous hum runs through the arched roof in words deceiving apollo from his shrine can no more divine with hollow shriek the steep of delphos leaving no night trance or breathed spell inspires the pale-eyed priests from the prophetic cell the lonely mountains over and the resounding shore a voice of weeping heard and loud lament from haunted spring and dale edged with poplar pale the parting genius is with sighing sent with flower inwoven tresses torn the nymphs in twilight shade of tangled thickets mourn in consecrated earth and on the holy hearth the lars and lemurs moan with midnight plaint in urns and altars round a drear and dying sound affrights the flamens at their service quaint and the chill marble seems to sweat while each peculiar power foregoes his wonted seat pure and balam forsake their temples dim with that twice battered god of palestine and mooned astaroth heaven's queen and mother both now sits not girth with taper's holy shrine the libic hammon shrinks his horn in vain the tyrian maids their wounded thamus mourn and sullen moloch fled hath left in shadows dread his burning idol all of darkest hue in vain with cymbals ring they call the grisly king in dismal dance about the furnace blue the brutish gods of nile as fast isis and orus and the dog anubis haste the quotation is a long one but it is scarcely possible to shorten what is so beautiful and interesting a description of the heathen deities 
whether in the classic personifications of greece the horrible shapes worshipped by mere barbarians or the hieroglyphical enormities of the egyptian mythology the idea of identifying the pagan deities especially the most distinguished of them with the manifestation of demoniac power and concluding that the descent of our saviour struck them with silence so nobly expressed in the poetry of milton is not certainly to be lightly rejected it has been asserted in simple prose by authorities of no mean weight nor does there appear anything inconsistent in the faith of those who believing that in the elder time fiends and demons were permitted an enlarged degree of power in uttering predictions may also give credit to the proposition that at the divine advent that power was restrained the oracles silenced and those demons who had aped the divinity of the place were driven from their abode on earth honoured as it was by a guest so awful it must be noticed however that this great event had not the same effect on that peculiar class of fiends who were permitted to vex mortals by the alienation of their minds and the abuse of their persons in the case of what is called demoniacal possession in what exact sense we should understand this word possession it is impossible to discover but we feel it impossible to doubt notwithstanding learned authorities to the contrary that it was a dreadful disorder of a kind not merely natural and may be pretty well assured that it was suffered to continue after the incarnation because the miracles effected by our saviour and his apostles in curing those tormented in this way afforded the most direct proofs of his divine mission even out of the very mouths of those ejected fiends the most malignant enemies of a power to which they dared not refuse homage and obedience and here is an additional proof that witchcraft in its ordinary and popular sense was unknown at that period although cases of possession are repeatedly mentioned in the gospels and acts of the apostles yet in no one instance do the devils ejected mention a witch or sorcerer or plead the commands of such a person as the cause of occupying or tormenting the victim whereas in a great proportion of those melancholy cases of witchcraft with which the records of later times abound the stress of the evidence is rested on the declaration of the possessed or the demon within him that some old man or woman in the neighbourhood had compelled the fiend to be the instrument of evil it must be admitted that in another most remarkable respect the power of the enemy of mankind was rather enlarged than bridled or restrained in consequence of the saviour coming upon earth it is indisputable that in order that jesus might have his share in every species of delusion and persecution which the fallen race of adam is heir to he personally suffered the temptation in the wilderness at the hand of satan whom without resorting to his divine power he drove confuted silenced and shamed from his presence but it appears that although satan was allowed upon this memorable occasion to come on earth with great power the permission was given expressly because his time was short the indulgence which was then granted to him in a case so unique and peculiar soon passed over and was utterly restrained it is evident that after the lapse of the period during which it pleased the almighty 
to establish his own church by miraculous displays of power it could not consist with his kindness and wisdom to leave the enemy in the possession of the privilege of deluding men by imaginary miracles calculated for the perversion of that faith which real miracles were no longer present to support there would we presume to say be a shocking inconsistency in supposing that false and deceitful prophecies and portents should be freely circulated by any demoniacal influence deceiving men's bodily organs abusing their minds and perverting their faith while the true religion was left by its great author devoid of every supernatural sign and token which in the time of its founder and his immediate disciples attested and celebrated their inappreciable mission such a permission on the part of the supreme being would be to speak under the deepest reverence an abandonment of his chosen people ransomed at such a price to the snares of an enemy from whom the worst evils were to be apprehended nor would it consist with the remarkable promise in holy writ that god will not suffer his people to be tempted above what they are able to bear first corinthians ten thirteen the fathers of the faith are not strictly agreed at what period the miraculous power was withdrawn from the church but few protestants are disposed to bring it down beneath the accession of constantine when the christian religion was fully established in supremacy the roman catholics indeed boldly affirm that the power of miraculous interference with the course of nature is still in being but the enlightenment even of this faith though they dare not deny a fundamental tenet of their church will hardly assent to any particular case without nearly the same evidence which might conquer the incredulity of their neighbours the protestants it is alike inconsistent with the common sense of either that fiends should be permitted to work marvels which are no longer exhibited on the part of heaven or in behalf of religion it will be observed that we have not been anxious to decide upon the limits of probability on this question it is not necessary for us to ascertain in what degree the power of satan was at liberty to display itself during the jewish dispensation or down to what precise period in the history of the christian church cures of demoniacal possession or similar displays of miraculous power may have occurred we have avoided controversy on that head because it comprehends questions not more doubtful than unedifying little benefit could arise from attaining the exact knowledge of the manner in which the apostate jews practised unlawful charms or auguries after their conquest and dispersion they were remarked among the romans for such superstitious practices and the like for what we know may continue to linger among the benighted wanderers of their race at the present day but all these things are extraneous to our inquiry the purpose of which was to discover whether any real evidence could be derived from sacred history to prove the early existence of that branch of demonology which has been the object in comparatively modern times of criminal prosecution and capital punishment we have already alluded to this as the contract of witchcraft in which as the term was understood in the middle ages the demon and the witch or wizard combined their various powers of doing harm to inflict calamities upon the person and property the fortune and the fame of innocent 
innocent human beings imposing the most horrible diseases and death itself as marks of their slightest ill-will transforming their own persons and those of others at their pleasure raising tempests to ravage the crops of their enemies or carrying them home to their own garners annihilating or transferring to their own dairies the produce of herds spreading pestilence among cattle infecting and blighting children and in a word doing more evil than the heart of man might be supposed capable of conceiving by means far beyond mere human power to accomplish if it could be supposed that such unnatural leagues existed and that there were wretches wicked enough merely for the gratification of malignant spite or the enjoyment of some beastly revelry to become the wretched slaves of infernal spirits most just and equitable would be those laws which cut them off from the mists of every christian commonwealth but it is still more just and equitable before punishment be inflicted for any crime to prove that there is a possibility of that crime being committed we have therefore advanced an important step in our enquiry when we have ascertained that the witch of the old testament was not capable of anything beyond the administration of baleful drugs or the practising of paltry imposture in other words that she did not hold the character ascribed to a modern sorceress we have thus removed out of the argument the startling objection that in denying the existence of witchcraft we deny the possibility of a crime which was declared capital in the mosaic law and are left at full liberty to adopt the opinion that the more modern system of witchcraft was a part and by no means the least gross of that mass of errors which appeared among the members of the christian church when their religion becoming gradually corrupted by the devices of men and the barbarism of those nations among whom it was spread showed a light indeed but one deeply tinged with the remains of that very pagan ignorance which its divine founder came to dispel we will in a future part of this enquiry endeavour to show that many of the particular articles of the popular belief respecting magic and witchcraft were derived from the opinions which the ancient heathens entertained as part of their religion to recommend them however they had principles lying deep in the human mind and heart of all times the tendency to belief in supernatural agencies is natural and indeed seems connected with and deduced from the invaluable conviction of the certainty of a future state moreover it is very possible that particular stories of this class may have seemed undeniable in the dark ages though our better instructed period can explain them in a satisfactory manner by the excited temperament of spectators or the influence of delusions produced by derangement of the intellect or imperfect reports of the external senses they obtained however universal faith and credit and the churchmen either from craft or from ignorance favoured the progress of a belief which certainly contributed in a most powerful manner to extend their own authority over the human mind to pass from the pagans of antiquity the mohammedans though their profession of faith is exclusively unitarian were accounted worshippers of evil spirits who were supposed to aid them in their continual warfare against the christians or to protect and defend them in the holy land where their abode gave so much scandal and offence to the devout 
romance and even history combined in representing all who were out of the pale of the church as the personal vassals of satan who played his deceptions openly amongst them and mahound termagant and apollo were in the opinion of the western crusaders only so many names of the arch-fiend and his principal angels the most enormous fictions spread abroad and believed through christendom attested the fact that there were open displays of supernatural aid afforded by the evil spirits to the turks and saracens and fictitious reports were not less liberal in assigning to the christians extraordinary means of defence through the direct protection of blessed saints and angels or of holy men yet in the flesh but already anticipating the privileges proper to a state of beatitude and glory and possessing the power to work miracles to show the extreme grossness of these legends we may give an example from the romance of richard coeur de leon premising at the same time that like other romances it was written in what the author designed to be the style of true history and was addressed to hearers and readers not as a tale of fiction but a real narrative of facts so that the legend is a proof of what the age esteemed credible and were disposed to believe as much as if had been extracted from a graver chronicle the renowned saladin it is said had dispatched an embassy to king richard with the present of a colt recommended as a gallant war-horse challenging corps de leon to meet him in single combat between the armies for the purpose of deciding at once their pretensions to the land of palestine and the theological question whether the god of the christians or jupiter the deity of the saracens should be the future object of adoration by the subjects of both monarchs now under this seemingly chivalrous defiance was concealed a most unknightly stratagem and which we may at the same time call a very clumsy trick for the devil to be concerned in a saracen clerk had conjured two devils into a mare and her colt with the instruction that whenever the mare neighed the foal which was a brute of uncommon size should kneel down to suck his dame the enchanted foal was sent to king richard in the belief that the foal obeying the signal of its dam as usual the soldan who mounted the mare might get an easy advantage over him but the english king was warned by an angel in a dream of the intended stratagem and the colt was by the celestial mandate previously to the combat conjured in the holy name to be obedient to his rider during the encounter the fiend horse intimated his submission by drooping his head but his word was not entirely credited his ears were stopped with wax in this condition richard armed at all points and with various marks of his religious faith displayed on his weapons rode forth to meet saladin and the soldan confident of his stratagem encountered him boldly the mare neighed till she shook the ground for miles around but the sucking devil whom the wax prevented from hearing the summons could not obey the signal saladin was dismounted and narrowly escaped death while his army were cut to pieces by the christians it is but an awkward tale of wonder where a demon is worsted by a trick which could hardly have cheated a common horse-jockey but by such legends our ancestors were amused and interested till their belief respecting the demons of the holy land seems to have been not very far different 
from that expressed in the title of ben jonson's play the devil is an ass one of the earliest maps ever published which appeared at rome in the sixteenth century intimates a similar belief in the connection of the heathen nations of the north of europe with the demons of the spiritual world in esthonia lithuania courland and such districts the chart for want it may be supposed of an accurate account of the country exhibits rude cuts of the fur-clad natives paying homage at the shrines of demons who make themselves visibly present to them while at other places they are displayed as doing battle with the teutonic knights or other military associations formed for the conversion or expulsion of the heathens in these parts amid the pagans armed with scimitars and dressed in caftans the fiends are painted as assisting them portrayed in all the modern horrors of the cloven foot or as the germans term it horse's foot bat wings saucer eyes locks like serpents and tail like a dragon these attributes it may be cursorily noticed themselves intimate the connection of modern demonology with the mythology of the ancients the cloven foot is the attribute of pan to whose talents for inspiring terror we owe the word panic the snaky tresses are borrowed from the shield of minerva and the dragon train alone seems to be connected with the scriptural history End of letter two, part one.